We're going to take a little break from uh, 1 Peter this morning, uh, sort of. But I want you to imagine yourself as a Christian in the first century, right at the time of the beginning of the book of Acts, as the church is beginning and, and is kind of new. And I want to think about, I want you to think about what your emotions would be and how you would be feeling. The fact that you had come to believe and accept this teaching from the apostles about Jesus Christ who was your Savior and had died and was raised from the dead and was the Son of God. Now that you've been baptized for the forgiveness of your sins and, and now you are a member of a new community. And because of the fact that you had professed your faith in Jesus, because of the fact that you had become a part of this new community, there's a very real chance that you would have been ostracized from your previous community. It may be your family who would have rejected you. If you were a Jew, they might have rejected you because they didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. If you were a Gentile, they might have rejected you because they thought you were turning to Judaism because the early people thought that Christianity was just another sect of Judaism. It could have been your friends who didn't want anything more to do with you. It may have been society at large and, and certainly as this Christianity thing began to grow, the being left out of society grew as well to the point where perhaps you couldn't trade and sell and buy in the marketplace and different things like this. And so because of the fact that that you were, you know, alienated from those support groups that, that had been a part of your life for so long, all of a sudden that church group became much more important. Because it could be that that church group may be the only group of people who understood you and knew where you were coming from and from which you might get support. The most important relationship you now had was with your new brothers and sisters in Christ. Acts chapter 2 verses 42 through 47 describes the attitude and environment of the early church. And if you would, read along with me. It says, go ahead Johnny. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The church is described, and we've talked about this, many ways in the Bible. Lots of metaphors are used to describe the church. We know that Paul often liked to talk about the church as the body of Christ and how that we're many members but one body and we have one purpose. In our study in 1 Peter, we've looked at the fact that Peter talked about how that we are the household of God, how that we are a spiritual building. Often in the book of Acts, the disciples, the believers were called the way, simply. 
And, of course, throughout the New Testament, the Bible describes believers as a family. As a family of God. You know, one of the very earliest accusations against the church when the Roman government was trying to figure out what was going on with these people. You know, who are these Christian people? And so they they kind of sent out spies. And one of the accusations that, that came back was, you know, they were incestuous. And that was because they called each other brothers and sisters and then they were married together and, and all of this. And, and it just didn't make any sense to those outside. And so, but the idea was is that, they're, that we are a family. A family of God. That's one of our favorite. We don't sing it very often. It's kind of a hard song. It's a long song. But, you know, but we're part of it. We love the words to it, don't we? We're part of a family that's been born again. We are called to be there for each other, to encourage and comfort each other, to learn from each other and pray from each other for each other, to love each other, forgive each other, and so on. And our responsibility to one another goes beyond just our, just our worshiping together. Now, our worshiping together is important. Our worshiping together is vital for our family life. That we come together and that we we sing praises to God, but we speak to one another in those songs. That we pray for one another. That we participate together in the communion and the Lord's Supper. That we hear together and learn together from the, the preaching and teaching of God's Word. But as a family, our responsibility to each other, our encouragement to each other goes beyond just the times that we come together collectively to worship. We've been talking in 1 Peter about this idea of being in a foreign land. And we struggle in this foreign land. And as we struggle in this foreign land, it's becoming more and more apparent the importance that we help one another, that we encourage each other, that we lift each other up. You know, you can go to the larger cities in our country, whether it be New York or Boston or or Chicago or Dallas or, you know, any of those other Houston, you know, big, big cities, and you'll find those ethnic neighborhoods. And I think about way back, you know, in the especially in the time of of great immigration in the late 1800s and early 1900s, as all the immigrants were coming from Europe and different places in the world, and why in New York there would be a Chinatown? Why in New York there would be a little Italy? Why in Boston all the Irish immigrants, you know, lived around each other? Why when Castro takes over in Cuba, and all the Cuban immigrants come to Miami. They all settled in one place called Little Havana. Well, why would that be? Because all these people had come to a foreign country. They had come to a foreign land, and they didn't feel, even though many of them would soon become citizens or, or a part, even though they, did, they, they felt comfortable around their own pe- people, people who spoke their same language, People who had the same heritage. People who had the same history. 
People who could help one another get through this time in this foreign land. And that's what the church is. That's what we are to one another. We are the little Italy. We are the Chinatown. We're the Christian town in the world and communities in which we live. Because we want to be around other people who, who speak the same language, who share the same goals, who share the same history and heritage, but also, and more importantly, we share the same hope for the future. And we are the family of God. We need the fellowship and encouragement of each other now more than ever. We, we see it. We feel it. We are being alienated. We are, as Christians, being marginalized in our society and in our world. We are beginning to be persecuted to some degree. And barring a miracle, and praise God for a miracle, but barring a miracle, that persecution is going to become stronger as time goes along. Unless as God's people, we reach out more into the world around us with the gospel message because that is truly the only thing that will change our world for the better. As a church family, we want to make use of every opportunity available to us to grow spiritually. To this end, in just a few minutes, Mark is going to present a new look for our family life groups. Now, I'm not a believer, personally, I'm not a believer in change just for change's sake. You know what I mean? Change just to change. Eh. But change with the purpose. Change with the reason behind it is not only good, but it is essential for our growth. We need to do things and open our eyes and, 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 and be willing to to, to change things and, and look to other opportunities and how to best use the resources that we have and the time that we have together. Our goal is to strengthen our family, our church family, to grow closer to one another, to provide the environment in which we can encourage and help one another. Because it is by our faith in Christ Jesus, it is by the grace of God that we are a family. And so just like our physical families, the more we're together, the closer that we can be, the better for that family. And so we're looking at ways in which we can become closer as a family of God. And also as an opportunity to reach out into the community around us and invite and fellowship people. So this was a very, you're lucky, this was a very short lesson this morning. But it talks about the idea that we are the family of God. A family that does have a hope. A family that does encourage one another as we see the day approaching more closely. If you're here this morning and you're not a part of the family of God, the great thing about it is, is the family of God. God is open adoption. He'll take everybody. Anybody willing to give their lives over to them, he'll accept them. If they'll simply believe in him and follow him, God does not close any doors, he opens all the doors. And so if you're here this morning, you're not a part of the family of God. We'd like to help you 
how to do that, show you how to do that. If you are here and there's some way that the family can help or encourage you, we invite you to come now as we stand and as we sing. Grace and peace, brothers and sisters in Christ. Very happy to be here this morning with my church family. Love each and every one of you. I want you to know that this week I had the opportunity to go as the chaperone for the 60 plus um, at the Tapapacitas and then to the lights. Everybody acted well, but it was a good trip. Also along that trip, I enjoyed getting to know some other people that had lived in the Panhandle, West Texas. Also the opportunity with the people beside me riding in the bus, getting to know each other more. And through those opportunities, just like that, I already felt like I know my knew my brothers and sisters a little bit more. Then also last night with the, well, night before last with the young families up here at the church building also, we learned that everybody's pretty competitive in their games, be it the women's group or the girls' group that played together against each other. But it was a good time held by all and an opportunity to get to know each other a little bit better also as well. And for sure, the church here in Dangerfield is no stranger to family life groups. I know that in the past that you've had the family life groups, like life group number one, number two, uh, as you've heard before. And uh, one of the reasons, when you think about it, of why I was here, why I'm here, about two and a half years ago, there was a meeting, and they were talking about family life groups as one of the areas that they would like to revamp, uh, the people who were at this meeting at that time. And uh, thinking about that, praying about that opportunity has led us to the opportunity that we are today. A lot of people ask me, Mark, what are you doing exactly? Okay, Tim's with the youth a little bit and, and things like that. But this is one of the areas uh, that I've been called to, to work here at the congregation here at Dangerfield Church of Christ. And so with much prayer, uh, we'd like to talk about the family life groups. Now, the first thing that we always want to know is remember what is the purpose and the goal of the family life groups. The purpose of family life groups, as was stated in the past and now also, is that the purpose of the family life groups is to allow us to grow in all of the one another passages in the Bible while reaching out to those around us. Love one another, serve one another, encourage one another, pray for one another, confess one another, whatever it be, those one another passages to help us grow in, in our intimacy with each other, okay? I almost said intimidate, intimidate earlier in class to another class, but that's okay. Intimate relationship. Growing, getting to know each other a little bit better. And one of the great ways to get to know each other a little bit better is in a family life group. A, low, a smaller number of people together with a common cause to grow, to edify, to study God's Word, and also to reach out to the people around them. And that's why the goal and the purpose are so much alike. The goal is the family life group is to grow in fellowship with one another through study and prayer, invite friends and neighbors from the area, given the opportunity to be exposed to the Word of God and His church. As Tim said, the culture that we live in today is different than the culture many years ago where we could invite somebody and they would come pretty much wanting to come to a church service also. And so, how are we going to reach the unchurched today who may not feel so comfortable with that? What can we do, or what is an opportunity that the Lord may put on our hearts to be able to fulfill the Great Commission today in the culture that we live in? And so, the next one, talking about why we think about the family life groups, is because of what I said earlier. They've been talked about in the past. And we all started noticing that we have members that live in surrounding uh, cities such as Dan well, in Dangerfield, but you go from Mount Vernon to Linden, Lone Star to Naples, Omaha, Hugh Springs to Pittsburgh, all these different areas where we have members of the congregation here in Dangerfield from, and the opportunity to think of how can we connect each other to the people around them as well. Well, the elders have been praying for the best way to use these groups, to revamp these family life groups, to be effective for the Lord's church, and with a purpose as well, not just to have a group 
for the sake of having groups, but with a purpose. And we believe that the possible way of accomplishing those goals is through family life groups. And the first way that we thought, and many different ways we thought about doing those, but the way that came up the best talked about in order to start this family life group ministry, to think about it, is on the very next page. Uh, go ahead, Johnny. Hit one more. I'll go ahead and hit again. You go ahead and hit again. I'm going fast, see? You know I talk fast, so okay? But I promise everything that I just said is on that, and it's be recorded as well, okay? But I want us to think about that. We were talking about the geographical groups. Look, uh, deciding and th looking at different family groups of how many groups live in each area. The best way that we could divide it is looking at these areas such as the Omaha, Naples area, the Pittsburgh, Mount Vernon area, Mount Pleasant, also the Hugh Springs, Avenger group. Uh, I don't know if my hands are going left and right at the right thing behind me or not, okay? So don't use the hand directions correctly, okay? And then three groups within the Dangerfield and the Jenkins area as well. So these are the areas that we were looking and praying about for the Lord to be able to give the opportunity for these family life groups. And uh, what have I been doing to strain to think about how, how best to do that? And then this next uh, slide will be able to help us show that just a little bit. You go ahead and hit the next one, Johnny, right there on this side here. And I've been reading books about it because family life groups, I know in Brazil we use family life groups or in groups in different ways, okay? But I know and I realize that Brazil is not the United States. Culture is different. So I wanted to learn what's been going on, what's happening, and how have they been effective here in the United States also through congregations that are sound congregations of the Lord's Church as well. And from reading the books and the reference to congregations that decided to use the family life groups, there were some very valid points, and we, want, we don't want people to lose this sight of the family life group. First off, the family life group, life group have material to be used to facilitate a Bible study. Now, when we're in a family life group, we're not talking to go in-depth. We need to know all the Greek. But to facilitate an opportunity to talk about God's Word together in a study moment together, informal study time to talk to each other about God's Word. Also, to use that opportunity for prayer, get to knowing each other better in these groups also as well. And also to be sure that the group doesn't become a closed group where, well, it's just our group. No. Praise God, we're thinking of having eight groups, but these groups are not in competition with each other. They're not to say this is this, this. And we also don't want to make it just this uh, number four. And I know it's hard. Eating is not the focal point, okay? Uh, when we meet in houses of people, we don't want the person who's hosting that to feel like they have to make a big old meal when somebody comes. Feel free to eat at home and then bring snacks if you would like. But the idea of a family life group, above all else, through this study is having a commitment to each other, to pray for each other, to serve one another, to love one another, and also be praying for the other groups because not one group is by itself. We're all praying for each other, wanting God to work in the, in the relationship with each other. Now, number six, through this study, the Lord has increased my confidence also in the idea of family life groups as being effective in reaching out to a new generation in a different way, to this, this, this way. Now, if we look at all the different passages in the Bible, next, next screen, Johnny. Uh, we can't see, oh, the, two, the two, two major purposes, edify and, go ahead and hit there again, evangelize. It's always those two things. In Brazil, it didn't matter what ministry we had, if it was couples ministry, uh, youth ministry, whatever it be. The idea was to come together, to edify one another, but to win one more for Christ. The idea of, through this edification of the church, through Tim has said earlier, people seeing the church, they're going to see something different. 
and they're going to want to be a part of it, and they're going to want to know about it. And so we want to use the opportunity of the family life group in these geographical locations to edify one another. You know what? Sometimes you may live right across the street in the same area and not even know a brother and sister here more than perhaps on just a Sunday. So we want to use this opportunity to get to know each other better, to grow in our love for one another, and pray that the Lord continue to send other people to us to hear the gospel message. Now, Johnny, the next uh, slide here, just about talking about family life groups. And it allows us the opportunity to live from house to house. And you can go ahead and show those verses on there on the screen also. These are just different verses showing how the church met from house to house. They met in the temple courts. We uh, definitely have, like Tim said, the opportunity to be together as a church family. And we want to always use that opportunity together to grow together, to love one another. But you can see that the church met house to house and in temple courts. So we'd like to encourage people in each one of these geographical areas if you would like to open your house to serve, host a group, to do that with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Don't feel pressured to also. And also when you go to a family life group, a lot of times people think, well, I need to tell my deepest, most inmost secrets. It's not about that also either. It's about the opportunity to get to know each other better. And through knowing and being confident more in each other, you can be able to talk about other things that perhaps we need to pray as a church family, or we can all be happy and, and joyful together as a church family to serve not only your group, but the other groups as well. But edify, evangelize, and these verses here talking about the church that met and the church that met in, house in different places. So in the end, okay, Johnny, ready for the next slide? The first thing, how many groups? We decided in these areas, looking at it, would be eight groups in those geographical areas where those circles were. And to the best of ability, trying to put everybody who lives in those areas. Now, if you were looking at that map and you said, well, where I live is not in a circle, that does not mean that you have been forgotten, okay? You have not been forgotten. You, Lord willing, uh, will be in the group that's most geographically located for you at this time. In the aspect, in the idea of that's going to be the easiest way for you to get together as a community of believers in the area where you live. Now, the next question, and this is the one that's going to be different, okay, is number two. Okay, go ahead, Johnny. Okay, now hit it again. Number two. When would these, small, when would these family life groups take place, okay? With much prayer, much talk, much discussion, with the opportunity of knowing that it's hard for people to get together another day during the week. In Brazil, the uh, groups were getting together every single night of the week. We know people have commitments throughout the week, different times. But the opportunity that we saw best to use this opportunity would be the third Sunday of each month on the evening, uh, on the third Sunday of each month from January to October of this next year coming up. And so what we want to do through that is to let you know that on that, those three groups that are in the Dangerfield area, one group will be rotating to be up here at the church building, if any visitors were to come, to participate in the family life group up here at the church building as well. Also, thinking about the Lord's Supper, the Lord's Supper will be available in each group for a person who may not have been able to be there the third Sunday morning in the morning time as well. 
So we were praying for this in groups in reference to geographical location and also to let you know that nothing is set in stone. It's an evaluation that will be taking place also and flexibility. Perhaps the groups in the future won't be geographical. They will be different. But one of the great opportunities of the geographical locations is you're going to have people from every age range, different age range. And a lot of times uh, somebody asks me, well, what if there's some kids just in one group? Deborah and Barbara, God bless them, they had to go to a lot of places where they were the only kids. But you know what the group did there? They loved them. They loved our girls. And, I'm praying, and I thank the Lord for that also as well, that opportunity. But to see the opportunity to grow together the third Sunday of every month at 6 p.m. in different homes of the congregation here. Now, I want you to know that this is not something that's where it's just Mark taking care of it, because it's not me. And even the group leaders is not called group leaders, they're group facilitators, because nobody should feel like, well, I need to talk to my group leader if I want to talk to somebody at the church or to the elders. Never want that to be a thought in that way, okay? But for us to know who is taking care of this, it's all of us, praying together that God will work these groups out. But also, the number third point here, the Family Life Group's ministry is overseen by the elders of the congregation here at Dangerfield. They'll be part of different groups and will be able to visit among the various family life groups. They will be facilitating groups along with the other men they have selected to serve in this ministry. Okay? So I want you to know that the elders are very much committed uh, to doing this, praying for this opportunity, asking for you to give it an opportunity, give it a shot. Perhaps it's like, well, I've never done a house group before. I've never participated in it. But give God, give the opportunity to see what the Lord can do through this ministry also and uh, to know that it is possible. And these elders, uh, uh, they will have, like you said, the opportunity to go to visit the other groups as well, but they will have men that they believe can take care and facilitate the other groups as well. So what we're asking as a congregation as brothers and sisters in Christ. Let's pray. Let's pray that we can continue growing our relationships with one another, as we do here, but also in a smaller group, in a, in a family life group, being together, being able to talk to each other about God's Word, being able to open up about prayer requests, about prayer requests that we have, being able to have opportunities that will serve. Perhaps in your group something's going to happen or something's going to come up where there, somebody will need service, and maybe somebody in your group can't help, but you can ask anybody from any other group, do you know of anybody that can do that? It's not a closed group, but each group has its opportunity to grow together, one another in love, and for the opportunity in your community to invite your neighbor. A lot of, I've heard before, you know, I, I, have, I have some neighbors where I live in Pittsburgh or Hugh Springs or Avenger or wherever it may be, and I would love to invite them, but they don't want to come here. Well, you know what? The opportunity on the third Sunday of the month is to invite them to a family life group a visitor to come for that opportunity to get to know the members of the congregation, to see the love, to see the study together. And also, it's not for them just to stay there, praise God. Through that opportunity, through this ministry, to invite them to know Jesus above all and invite them to know his church. You know what? Hey, you know, a lot of times when a visitor comes to a family life group or a group in that kind of area, they're going to say, wow, you know what? I love that. Well, you know what? We get together every Sunday, and on the other Sunday evenings, we get together at the congregation at the church building. Come along with us as well. It's not to say, oh, it's just about their Sunday night. No, it's about a lifestyle. It's about an opportunity for them to get to know Jesus and for us to live the Great Commission in a different way, but in a way 
with the idea and the purpose to grow in our relationship with each other, to grow in the Lord, and to reach one more person for Christ. So what is going to happen in reference to this? The fourth point, uh, Mr. Johnny, is uh, each, each family will be receiving a letter with your family life group information, this letter this, letter this week, letting you know which group that you're in, who the facilitator is, and a list of the people that will be in your group so that you can con you already begin praying for those of you that will be meeting together in prayer and study with each other. And the three things that uh, I believe that's most important for us to do, thinking about this, thinking about a change in this for the third Sundays, is the first thing we need is prayer. Johnny, prayer. And the second one is faith. Go ahead. And the third one is the most important. A lot of times we think, well, I don't know if this will work. Or have faith in it or not. I need to pray about it. But make the most of the opportunity. I believe the congregation here, the elders in the congregation here, see this as an opportunity to reach souls for Christ and for us to grow on a deeper level with our relationships with each other. In just a couple of days... Going, going, going to Papacitas, having a group with the youth, uh, young people this past week, helped me to grow a little bit closer. And in these family life groups, that we can grow a little bit closer each and every day together. So I just ask for your prayers in this ministry, and I want you to know that above all, that the congregation, the elders are here, are going to be very much involved in everything, in every, in every facet of the groups. And we want you to know that you're never going to be forced to say anything or to confess anything in a group or anything like that, uh, that sometimes people have concerns about and are valid concerns. Anything and everything, all those opportunities will take care of. But we know and believe that the Lord is wanting us to use this opportunity to reach others and go house to house with the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our brother Joe, uh, come up here with some statements and have a prayer for us. Be prayerful, be prayerful about it. And let, may God give us the greatest opportunities. I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm out of breath. <laughs> Before I even start, you know, listening to Mark, you, you know, you have to listen at a very fast pace because he speaks so fast. Maybe after he's been here in East Texas a while, it might slow down a little bit. But uh, he did... I want to thank him for all the preparation and all the work he's done. I want to address you, along with the other elders, to let you know that in this process that we put God first. God was at the top. And then from there, we, we took our church family and all in what we're trying to uh, accomplish here at this time. Our care groups were doing well. But you know, it, it took a while before we re, redid this. Uh, we have been putting a lot of prayer, a lot of thought. We poured our hearts out to each other in a lot of many meetings. We met with the deacons and their wives. And we have discussed this from many different angles and all. Uh, but I will remind you that we are people of faith. We walk by faith. And there are things sometimes that kind of uh, take us out of our comfort zone a little bit. But I can imagine when the church began, you want to talk about out of your comfort zone, they were way out of their comfort zone at the beginning there. Uh, I do want you to know that uh, 
if you have, I, I know, I'm sure there's going to be questions and some things that maybe you didn't quite understand. If so, you can speak to any of the elders or to Mark directly, and we will try to uh, explain that for you a little bit better. We want to encourage everyone in, uh, in our efforts to draw closer, not only to God, but closer to one another. I believe as Mark showed, he talked about edify and evangelize and encourage. So we're looking at this for hopefully opportunities to open doors to even others besides just our church members. Also, one of the effects we hope that this, uh, our, our family life groups will also permeate, not just within the group itself, but that it will permeate our entire church family in a good and unique way. Because as we grow closer to, in a small group and all, there will be opportunities in some of the things that we do here as an entire church family that we pray that will also bring us closer together and it'll be for our good. You know, God desires us to be good servants, but he also desires good things for us. And our relationships is one of the things that God desires for us to have, good, meaningful Relationships. You cannot read any of the things that Jesus says and all and, and come away thinking that he did not care about how we related to one another and how we connected to one another. In uh, John 13, 34, Jesus was talking to his disciples right before his death. And he told him, a new command I give you that you love one another. And then he defined it a little bit better, and he says, as I have loved you, love one another. Now that makes it pretty, that is a pretty clear statement. And then he added to that, he says, and he says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples by the love you have for one another. That's what we're trying to accomplish by this, we're praying that our love will just become deeper and richer for one another and that also we'll be able to reach out to others in a new and unique way. That's all I have to say at this time, but I would like to end this with a prayer. Would you bow with me? Our loving Heavenly Father, we are so thankful to you as our Father, our Creator, you're so wonderful, and you even gave your only son to us to teach us and to show us how we should live and to teach us that which is greater in our lives. In this worldly life, sometimes we get caught up in the physical and worldly things and think that these are so important to our lives. But you have shown through your son and through your word that we are richer by far by our relationships with one another and especially with our relationship to you. The Apostle John even told us that our relationship to you is hinged upon how we relate to one another. 
saying that to love God, we must love one another, and that we are a liar if we do not, if we say that we love you and yet cannot love our brother whom we have seen, then we are nothing but liars. Father, we are so thankful for our church family here. We ask, Father, that you'll be with the elders and all the leaders as we strive to do that which is best for this flock. We love the flock. We love them in a unique way, not as just acquaintances, but in a much deeper way. We look forward to being together in that heavenly home that you have prepared for all of us. And we just pray, Father, that we will draw closer to one another as we have opportunity in all the many ways. And by doing this, that we will help each other. And by doing this, those that see us, may they declare, look how they love one another. They must be disciples of Christ. We pray for our sick, and we ask you to forgive us of our shortcomings. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.